Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Not to overly simplify things, but, but to put it in perspective, listen, we should believe what Jesus believed because Jesus knows. So if Jesus believed in a literal creation, if he believed that God created the world, then we would be, I think, foolish to challenge that or to disagree with that. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Mark, chapter 10, verses 1 through 16, in a message titled, God, Creation, Marriage, and Family. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So, we're going to focus today on... um, the response of Jesus to the religious leaders here. And and as we look at the passage, I want to look at the passage in the sense of let's address the very issues that they were addressing. But what I also want us to see is that in the response of Jesus, there are other things that are implied that answer a lot of questions that people are asking in the culture today. You know, this this is one of the things I love about the scriptures. You know, the person who says the Bible is this archaic, this outdated, irrelevant text, the people who say that, the first thing you know about them is they've never actually read the biblical text because when you read it, you find it's not that at all. Wow, it's speaking to current things. It's speaking to issues that we're asking questions about even here in the 21st century. So think about some of these questions. Some of the big questions in the culture today are about origins. Where did we come from? I mean, that's been a debate that's been going on for quite some time. We've got questions about identity. We've got questions about marriage, gender, family, children, And all of these kinds of things are front and center in our culture. And right here in the text that we read, we have Jesus addressing uh, the very issues and questions that people are asking today. And so that's the way we want to approach it. We want to draw some of the things out that are implied in what Jesus said in his answer to these religious leaders when they approached him on the issue of marriage and divorce. So let's pick up and just read from verse two. The Pharisees came and asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Testing him. And he answered and said to them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. So we'll stop right there. 
In this response, Jesus answers several questions that people are currently asking. The first thing that I want us to notice is that Jesus believed the universe was created. He believed the universe was created. He believed that God had created everything. Now, that shouldn't surprise us. Of course, the Bible teaches that. But, you know, there are many Christians who struggle with that. There are Christians who say, well, you know, maybe, maybe evolution is true. And, you know, they, they kind of wrestle with these things. And not to overly simplify things, but, but to put it in perspective, listen, we should believe what Jesus believed because Jesus knows. If anybody knows about origins, Jesus does. If there's any human being that ever lived in the history of the world uh, that knows about where we came from, guess who it is? It's Jesus. So if Jesus believed in a literal creation, if he believed that God created the world, then we would be, I think, foolish to challenge that or to disagree with that. So Jesus believed that the universe was created. Secondly, Jesus believed that the world began with two people. Jesus believed in Adam and Eve. Now listen, not only out in the secular atheistic culture do people scoff at such an idea, but there are many in the church world today that you would also find having a difficulty with the idea that the world began with just two human beings. God created Adam and Eve. And I mean, thank God, there are many great Christian scholars who will defend that still today, but there are other scholars who will question it. And they have their influences coming from, you know, all different kinds of places, but, but they will sort of just be a bit, Hesitant, And in some cases, I mean, there, you can find books written by evangelical scholars today that just flat out say there's no such thing as Adam and Eve. Well, again, Jesus believed that there were two people created in the beginning, a man and a woman. We know from the Genesis text, their names were Adam and Eve. If Jesus believed that, I want to believe that too. Because I want to believe what Jesus believed. Because Jesus knows and he knows better than anybody in the, in the modern world. He knows what the facts are. But also here, we need to understand that he not only believed that the world began with two people, a man and a woman, but they were fully human at their creation. So again, this is another compromise position where some would say, well, you know, it's probably because of the strong influence of evolutionary theory, you know, there, there probably was some sort of hominid and, and at a particular point in time, God touched them and turned them into humans. You know, listen, serious Bible scholars in some camps will say that. Jesus didn't believe that that was the case. Jesus believed that they were created fully human from the very 
moment that they were brought into existence. They didn't go through any transitional process of becoming human after you know, some long, uh, long, long period of time. And that also brings us to another thing to consider. Jesus believed that human beings were created at the same time as the rest of the universe. Look at what the verse says. Verse six says, from the beginning of the creation of God, or from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. So God makes them male and female at the beginning of creation, not millions of years later. Because again, this is one of the ideas. Now, of course, this is dominant idea in the general secular culture, but it's an idea that has also been brought into the church. And so the, the idea that, uh, you know, millions and millions of years passed and then at a certain point, God, you know, finally created Adam and Eve. Jesus sees them created simultaneously, just like the account in Genesis would tell us. Another thing is that Jesus said God created them male and female. Now, if five years ago you would have tried to convince somebody that in the very immediate future there would be a denial that there are male and female only, that God made humanity and pretty much all creation really as male and female. Five years ago, if you would have said that, no, there, there's going to be, you know, this, this new understanding that, um, you know, there are multiple genders and everything's fluid and we're not restricted to these biological confines and so forth. I mean, even five years ago, uh, most people would have said, that's crazy. That's, no, that's, that's not going to happen. Ten years ago, for sure, nobody could have even imagined such a thing happening. But today, in the Western world, there are, uh, of course, the, those who are the cultural elites are insistent that if you are to suggest that there are just two genders, that you are some sort of nutcase, that you are some sort of problematic person who is keeping back progress. So we have entered into a state of cultural insanity, literally. Insanity is, is to be detached from reality. Now, those who promote the transgenderism and all of these kinds of things, you know what they say about those who disagree with them? They say, you're on the wrong side of history. You know what I respond? You're on the wrong side of reality. You see, you're on the wrong side of reality. Now listen, we have to understand that in this whole world, I mean, this is, there's an agenda here. This is a revolutionary thing that's happening. There are people who are sincerely confused about their gender. That's understandable. Let's help them. Let's work with them. Let's take them back and show them, look, this is how God made things. And let's be sympathetic and compassionate and all of those things. But 
there are a lot of people out there, that's not really their issue. Their issue is a revolutionary issue. They want to overthrow the status quo. They want to rid the world of any sense of God's order. And that's really where the, the most intense battle is. And that's the place where, wow, we just have to pray that God will break through in those areas. I mean, it almost just seems like every day in the news, because of course, much of the media is promoting this, you're finding references to and stories about and families where, you know, the, the mom is now the dad or, you know, whatever kind of thing that it is that's going on. Or you've got, as I read just yesterday, a situation where a man who has transitioned to be a woman has just competed and won in an athletic competition, beating all of the females. And that's, for some people, that's perfectly legit and normal. Now, the females who are working hard to compete and all of that, you know, they're really struggling. How is it that some guy comes along, says he's a girl, and now he wins everything and we lose? But this is happening all the time. And this is the NCAA. That doesn't surprise me because if you think of the mentality on the university campuses, it just fits right with that. But let's just make sure we are clear about this reality. God created male and female. That's the way the entire world and still the majority. Let's not forget, this mentality in the West is a minority mentality. This is not the majority of people in the world. There's approximately 8 billion people in the world. The vast majority of those 8 billion people are crystal clear about gender. You're either a man or a woman. The thing that I find absolutely shocking is not so much that the coffee place I go to has the all-gender bathroom, because they're wanting to be in you know, that scene as we're with it, What's really shocking to me is that the hospitals, the, the, the places of science where scientifically we know that this is the case, but the pressure is so hard that we're going to just turn all of our bathrooms into all gender bathrooms. So Jesus stated the obvious. God created them, male and female. And then one other thing that we see here is that marriage is between a man and a woman. Marriage is between a man and a woman. It has always been between a man and a woman. Now, again, okay, we understand the culture doesn't regard God, doesn't think there is a God. You know, really, if there isn't a God, you can kind of just make up your own rules and who can argue with you. In some senses, that's just the way it is. But here's where, again, we get into difficulty. How is it that Christians are confused about this these days? How is it that some Christians would say, well, you know, I think the Bible's okay with same-sex relationships and same-sex marriage because, you know, what the Bible really is mostly concerned about is that we love each other. And if those people love each other, who are we to say that that marriage is, you know, not right? Well, it's not a matter of who we are. It's a matter of what God has said. 
And the person who argues that way, which I have heard those arguments from Christians, that's a person who is obviously ignoring the majority of the biblical text and taking one idea in scripture and elevating it above everything else. Saying basically all that matters is love. And as long as you love, that's all that matters. And these people love each other, therefore that's all that matters. So we shouldn't disagree with that. Now, again, there's confusion and some of it is obviously legit and we need to be sensitive and compassionate and gracious and helpful and you know, do all we can. God loves people in same-sex marriages and he wants to reach them right where they're at and he wants to bring them to himself and sort out all that other confusion uh, through a process of time. But we don't concede to the culture and we don't ignore history. We don't ignore reality and we obviously mostly do not ignore what the scripture has clearly taught from beginning to end. You can never find a single place, and I'm gonna talk about this in a second, but marriage originates in scripture. And there is never the slightest hint anywhere in scripture that marriage is anything other than a relationship between a man and a woman. Never even the remotest hint. So to try to impose that now on the scripture is exactly that. It's an imposition from the outside that actually has no basis in the text whatsoever. And so these are all tough questions, right? These are all challenging issues. These are all hotly debated topics and all kinds of emotion and everything is wrapped up with all of these things that we just mentioned. So how do we respond to these kinds of things. And and let me just give you one suggestion that I think if you keep this as the the basis for your response, I think that from there, God will help us to navigate the rest of it. When it comes to responding to tough questions, we should always start with God. See, that's where we have to start. We have to start with God. Because as I said a moment ago, if there is no God, then you're kind of free to just make up the rules yourself. So we start with God. Since I believe there is a God and he has spoken, I'm going to stand on what he says. That's where we start. We have to take people back to this place. Is homosexuality wrong or sin if there's no God? No. How could it be? I mean, it's just your opinion versus my opinion. Is transgenderism wrong? If there's no God, then I guess, you know, if we're all just a, a, a product of random chance and so forth, and you don't like who you are externally, and it doesn't correspond to who you feel like internally, and you want to change that, well, why not do it? You see, if there's no God, then it, it, it's pretty much just open. But everything's open if there's no God. But if there's a God who is the creator and he has spoken, then we need to listen to what he says. And I believe there is a God. I believe that he's spoken. 
I believe that he's spoken about all of these things and he has to answer to these questions. And so as we speak with people, let's always bring it back to that foundational point. There is a God. Now you might not believe there's a God, but I do believe there's a God. And I personally think the evidence for God is much stronger than your arguments against any evidence that God doesn't exist. And and that's kind of another debate, right? But that is a good, I think, uh, a starting point for navigating these things. Now, let me say this. What we cannot do what we have to guard against doing is becoming angry and hostile and just a a blanket condemnation. We, We have to be really wise. I don't know that there's ever been a time when Christians need more wisdom than we need today on how to respond to those things because the very people in some cases that are promoting so many ideas that are contrary to God's picture of reality, let's not forget that some of those people could very well be people that God is going to draw to himself. Because God loves those people too, right? And he, Jesus died to save those people. And even though they might do, be doing that right now for that thing that is clearly contrary to scripture, through love and grace and patience and mercy and kindness and reason, and the power of the Spirit, those very people could be the ones that God will turn around. I think I told the story before, but a few years ago, we had a situation at our festival in the UK where a transgender a man who transitioned to be a woman had signed up to be part of our ministry team. And suddenly, we're faced with this right on the spot. What do we do? And, you know, after prayer and thinking about it, the Lord just said, just don't do anything. Just go with it and love. And I'll tell you, by the end of the week, that person's response was, I've never felt so much love and I have never understood the Bible like I understand it from my time here this week. Now, I don't know what happened after that, but we just... That's how we navigated it, as we prayed. And so God will give us wisdom and grace and those things that we need. So, but let's move on. So let's move on to the primary issue here, obviously, is this um, challenge of the religious leaders to Jesus about divorce. And so they want to know if they're free to divorce their wives for any reason. Now, at the time, there were two leading philosophies in the culture regarding this that came down from two leading rabbinical authorities. Let's join Pastor Brian as he shares about this month's resource from Back to Basics. Hi, Pastor Brian here. We are hearing so much in the culture today about transgender identities and so forth. 
And so the book that I want to recommend is going to help you think through that. The book is called Embodied, Transgender Identities, The Church, and What the Bible Has to Say. The author is Preston Sprinkle. Preston has a PhD in New Testament theology, but he's really made this an area of deep, deep study and expertise, does an excellent job. This is something that we need to know how to navigate. So once again, the book Embodied by Preston Sprinkle, it will help you to know what the Bible says and how to navigate around the issues of transgenderism. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Embodied, Transgender Identities, The Church and What the Bible Has to Say by Preston Sprinkle. You can order the book Embodied by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Embodied by Preston Sprinkle to help you navigate the issues surrounding transgenderism. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.